just sense in my spirit that we're to continue on with the theme of resurrection. So I'm going to do a series called Living the Resurrected Life. How many of you will hook with me, agree with me, that that which needs to be said during the course of this time this morning and during the course of this series, it shall be done. Father, we thank you right now. We ask you, sir, for utterance. We thank you for speaking to us through the Word of God and by the precious Holy Ghost. We uh, open our hearts and receive with meekness the engrafted Word, which is able to save our souls. We honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. And all that agreed said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated now. I've kind of been in a preaching mode the last uh, two Sundays. And now I think we're going to kind of switch over to a preaching and teaching mold. You know, on a Sunday morning on Resurrection Sunday, you don't have a lot of time. So you need to shuck the corn quickly. And God helped us do that. Amen. And then when we preached on the the grand entry, the triumphal entry, it was also a a preaching time. So this morning, um, let's open our Bibles back over to Ephesians chapter 1. Resurrection is a historical fact to be celebrated. It is a future event to be anticipated and a current reality to be experienced. Paul prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. By having the eyes of our understanding enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, And then, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So the Amplified talks about this immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power in us and for us who believe. We have a company of believers today. And with our faith, we tap in to resurrection power. We can have and know the same power that raised Christ from the dead in an experiential way. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And I read from the Amplified. Oh, my determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more intimately and acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. And I love this last statement, which exerts itself over believers. Notice with me. It exerts itself over believers. I I looked up that word exert. And that word exert there means to use power or ability to make something happen. So as a believer, as we have faith in the resurrection power of God and exercise it daily, we can expect His ability to cause something good to happen in our lives. So God provides power to strengthen you, to sanctify you, and to encourage all of us in our present life. Now in John, in chapter 17, 
as we look at verses 14 through 16, the summation of this statement by the Master is, we are living in this world, but we are not of this world. Say it with me, I'm living in this world, but I'm not of this world. So God then gives us power to live in this world from our home, which is in heaven. What do you mean your home, which is in heaven? Well, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 makes it clear. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. I'm looking at a company of citizens of glory. Citizens of heaven. We're homeward bound. But in Christ, in the word of God, we are already citizens. Amen. And so in being citizens, even though physically we're not there yet, God's presence is active in our lives now empowering us to live in his glory, to live in victory right here in the nasty now and now. Say it with me, heaven's power is in this earthen vessel enabling me to live the resurrected life. Now, let's go over to Romans, the sixth chapter, and let's break this down just for a few moments. In verse 4, it says, Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death. And Brenda will do a tremendous job teaching that tonight. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The Amplified says it this way, So that we might too habitually live and behave in newness of life. Now notice verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also will be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Hallelujah. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also are going to live with him. Knowing what? Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For the death that he died, he lived to sin once and for all. He died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Now notice this next phrase, likewise, in the same way, you also, you resurrected ones, you resurrected eagles, reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And if that dead man tries to get up, you just say, dead man, lay down. Now, if you felt dead, you wouldn't have to reckon yourself dead. But when you likewise reckon yourself indeed dead unto sin, it puts you on a path of living this Victoria, victorious resurrected life. Now, verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. 
And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Remember, Corinthians says, wake up to righteousness and sin not. Amen. But present yourselves to God being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And I want you to read verse 14 with me. Ready? Read. For sin shall not have dominion over me. For I am not under the law, but I am under grace. The Amplified says it this way, For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you. Since now you're not under the law as slaves, but you are under grace as subject of God's favor and mercy. I like that, don't you? So then, having said that, Living this resurrected life means living victorious and above over sin. Now, the temptation to sin will come to us all. Anybody ever experienced that? Is there anyone in this house today that has never been tempted to sin? I think not. Now, it comes to every one of us, but we're not to be moved by that. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to the temptation. Now notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above the ability that he gives you. But will also with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And I'll add this, overcome it. Now let no man say when he is tempted, he's tempted of God. For God doesn't tempt any man with evil. The temptations that are coming to throw us off this path of righteousness in this path of living the victorious resurrected life... That is designed to pull you down and to pull you away from your righteous consciousness in Him. Every believer is tempted. Every believer. Now, when we talk about temptation, people's minds normally gravitate just to two or three areas. But temptation, it's a broad thing. You can be tempted to fear. You can be tempted to doubt. You can be tempted to quit. Tempted to get angry. This temptation is trying to lead us the wrong way. Trying to get us to yield to things that are going to hurt us and even hurt people around us. But oh, thank God there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Amen? Now think about it just for a moment. Jesus himself was tempted. Now people don't like to think about it that way. But he was tempted, the scripture says, in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4, 15 bears that out. Let's read it together. For we cannot have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Even though he was tempted, he didn't yield to the sin. He did not 
act on the pull of the enemy. So I'm going to say it again. It's not a sin to be tempted. We can be tempted, yet not sin. But I just dropped by to tell you this, that God will enable you to master every temptation. It doesn't have to master you. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Why? Because you are no longer under the law, but the grace of God will lift you and enable you to rise up above what has brought you down low in days past. Now, Jesus understands. He knows the things we face. He knows the struggles that we face. But he's not here to condemn us. He's here to help us. And since he overcame, guess what? We can overcome. I think we ought to just say this real strong. I am am. an overcomer. And I overcome overcome. by the blood of the Lamb lamb. and by by the word word of my testimony. testimony. Now the word, word there in Revelation 12, 11 is rhema. It's a spoken word. It's an utterance. It is given to you by the Spirit of the living God from the Word of God in a time when you need it most. Amen. Now, here's one thing that we can say when temptation knocks on our door. It may be the temptation to think wrong. It may be the temptation to do wrong, whatever the case might be. I love what Jesus said about his heavenly father. He says, I always do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. Now build that into your spirit on a regular basis by believing that and saying that and quoting that. You'll get to a point where you really, really not only believe it and say it, but you'll begin to act on it. All of a sudden, when temptation comes, you can say, this doesn't please my father. Therefore, I'm not going to act on it. Why? Why is that? Because I always do. I always do those things that please my father. And because I always do those things that please my father, I don't yield to the temptation that's coming to my life. And because I always do those things that please my father, he always causes me to triumph. In other words... I have victory over sin and I'm going to walk in that. The devil's a liar. He'll bring his thoughts to your mind and try to sell you a bill of goods that you thought that up. And tell you, oh, look at you. You think you're a Christian thinking thoughts like that? You know what you do with his thoughts? You send them right back to hell where they belong. Now, I didn't say go to hell, but you can send them right back to hell. Amen. <laughs> Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, let's look over at Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians, the third chapter. You guys are listening so good. You might get out of here by noon. Colossians 3, 1. If then you were raised with Christ, we could say it this way. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. 
Seek those things which are what? Above. Remember last week we said, you're too high to worry that low. You're too high to be worried about what people have said about you. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And then he said, here's a key to seeking. The key to seeking is setting. Setting your mind on things above. Not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The Amplified says, If you've then been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you died. And your new life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you like that? uh, I think it's E.W. Stanley said this, or E. Stanley Jones said this. He said, I don't fight sin. He said, I expel it by preoccupation with the higher. Looking at him, I'm spoiled for anything else. That's awesome. Keeping our eyes on him spoils you because there ain't nothing better than him. There ain't no high like the most high. Amen? The message translation says in verse 1, it says, So, if you are serious about living this resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. So then when we're living the resurrected life, we're going to live above the things found in verse 5. He says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetous, which is idolatry. Those that have been raised up, those that are seeking things above, and those that have their minds set on him, what do they do with these things? They put these things to death. Now notice verse 8 and verse 9. Read it with me, please. But now you yourselves are, put, are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Verse 9. In which you yourselves once walked in them and lived in them. Thank God we're not living them anymore. Amen. Amen. Notice verse 9. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And so these verses, these scriptures, you don't need to do anything with the air, guys. These verses and these scriptures have to do then with the old man. And then the next verse tells us to do what to do to keep that old man in check. Notice verse 10. Read it with me. And put on the new man... Okay, that was pretty good. 
and put on the new man. What is this new man? This new man is the new you. This new man is the new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is what? New creature. Old things, what? Are passed away and behold, what? All things have become new. Now notice this. Put off the old man and then put on the new man. And then he tells us, This new man is renewed in knowledge. It's difficult to put on the new man and walk in resurrection realities and in new creation realities unless there is a renewing of knowledge by renewing your mind according to God's Word. You'll never be able to do this without revelation. You'll never be able to put off the old man and put on... It'll just be works. It'll just be legalism. But oh, when you understand who you are and what you have and where you are in Christ Jesus, when this mind gets renewed to what's happened down here, oh, I'm telling you what, you'll put on the new man and you'll walk in newness of life. Amen. 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 Say it with me. I'm putting off the old and I'm putting on this new man. Again, which is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. God will help us die to the wrong things so we can live to the right things. This is basically what it means to live a resurrected life. Right here, right now, in this body. So then, Pastor Mark, how then do I keep myself from falling? How do I do that? Well, in Jude verse 24, here's a promise for you. We don't have it up there. But it says this in Jude 24. If you can get it there, it would be good. So I might misquote it. It says, now unto him. No, Jude Hey, Jude. Jude 20 says this. Now unto him. Now to him. Who's what? He gives you the ability in the midst of the temptation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... Or falling into sin. Somebody said, well, what is sin? Sin is basically violation of light. See, him that knows to do good has light from the word. The entrance of his word gives light. Him that knows to do good has light on it, but doesn't do it, it's sin. So sin is violating light that we have. That's why we're not to judge one another because you may have more light than that person that doesn't have the light that you have. And to judge them for something that you have light on and they don't have light on is wrong. How can you walk in the light if you don't have light? How can you walk in the Word if you don't have the Word? You see, we have... More than enough to keep our own backyard clean. Is that right? 
<laughs> the Bible says, seeing that we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, so on, and walk in holiness. It says, oh boy, you, you hit a chord there. Holiness, what are you talking about? Talking about long hair and no makeup? No, I'm not talking about long hair and no makeup. I'm not talking about no jewelry. Holiness is Christ-likeness. So say this with me. Sin, Sin is a violation of light. And holiness is Christ-likeness. Let's put, put Jude 20 back again. Now to him that's able to keep us 24. Now to him that's able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now, how do we keep from falling? You take the, the word far, F-A-R. You want to be, that's where you want to be. You want to be far from sin. The F literally stands for, if you want to be far from sin, follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Follow Him. If He checks you not to go there, if he checks you not to say this or do that, if he checks you in your spirit, follow him. Respond to him. Obey him. You never know. He may check you to take another way home. Far. Follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Some people override the leadings of the Holy Spirit. They override the checks of the Spirit and they go into neighborhoods they have no business being in. And then they're so deceived, they look at their in the mirror and they say, well, how did I get here? You know exactly how you got there. You weren't following the leadings of the Holy Spirit. You were following the lust of the flesh. I'm not saying you, but you don't know what I'm saying got to be real careful about you, 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 you. Got three fingers going back here. Very important for you preachers. You never want to be condescending when you're bringing the word. Amen? But I think you get what I'm saying. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. In America, food's a big deal. You know, it's a whole lot easier to drive by a grocery store on the freeway than to get that box of cookies in your cupboard. It's easier to resist. Follow. Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, why is that? Because the enemy has setups. He has setups. He may be working on something for years to get us to a place where we are, we are where we're ready to yield to that sin. But thank God the Holy Ghost will lead us right out of them. 
He'll keep you in the secret place of the Most High. You and I have a choice to listen to Him, to trust Him, and to obey Him every day. He is our helper. He's my helper. I couldn't get out of bed without Him. How about you? You know we need quickenings in the morning. And a little bit of Pete's coffee never hurt anything either. Here's what he will do for you and me. Here's what he'll do. He'll help us, now listen to this very carefully, to be in the right place at the right time. With the right people doing the right things. I'm always in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. Say that with me. I'm always. I'm always. See, this is something you can lead your grandkids into. You can lead your children into. Get them to believe this. Get them to say that. Because the enemy is the author of the wrong place. He's the author of the wrong time. He's the author of the wrong people doing the wrong things. Temptations everywhere. So raise your right hand with me and say this and believe it firmly in your heart. I'm always I'm in the right place. I'm always with the right people. In the right time, I will always, I'll always do the right things. Glory to God. The biggest trouble I've ever gotten into in my life before I was born again was because I was with the wrong people. Wrong associations, evil, evil communications or wrong companions, the Bible says, corrupt good manners. I almost died on Good Friday in 1968. I was a senior in high school. Could have been dead now for 78, 88, 98, 2000. 50 years. 50 years. With the wrong people. The driver was doing the wrong thing. Drinking, drunk, chasing people down the road. We ended up going through a building at 80 miles an hour in a little Corvair convertible. I was in the, what do they call that, right side? Shot, I was in the shotgun seat. We went into that building through the front door and it was like, time just stopped thank God for the mercy of God I said thank God for the mercy of God I walked away from that car accident unscathed by the grace of God but why did that happen oh God did that no God didn't do that the devil had a setup. but thank God for the mercy of God now, some of you have relatives that aren't serving God right now. You need to get the blood of Jesus on them. 
You need to plead the blood of Jesus over them. And I remember years ago, uh, Gloria Copeland and Kenneth, they were concerned about their son, John. And John, of course, is, you know, probably well into his 50s by now. But John had a little rebellious streak to him. And they were flying over to Australia to minister the word. And Gloria was in the word and the spirit of the Lord spoke to her and said, Gloria, roll this roll the care of your son over on me because I want you to know that my mercy hovers over him. And so they held on to that. And today he's alive. Hallelujah. And serving God. So what do you say about your loved ones? Say with me in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over all my kin. Oh, my sons. My daughters, my grandsons, my granddaughters. And I declare that the mercy of God hovers over them. We live in an ungodly generation. Devil's out there. Walking about as a roaring lion. Trying to convince kids to become transgender. Trying to convince children that it's okay to have the same sex and marry them. That comes straight from the pit of hell. I don't care how they try to justify it and twist scriptures. It just ain't so. But you see, kids face what a lot of us didn't face when we were growing up. Well, we faced some things all right. But the enemy has sped up. He sped things up. And we do not want to be... I don't know why I'm getting off on this. this is, we do not want to be taken unawares. We've got the name. We've got the blood. We've got the word. We can put our stake in the ground and we can declare no weapon formed against me. My loved ones is going to prosper. No evil is going to befall them. Neither shall any plague come near their dwelling. Hallelujah. Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you to say, I'm always in the right place at the right time. He'll lead you to say, I always do those things that please my heavenly father. Are you getting this or not? He will lead us to the degree where we avoid temptation. Think about the Lord's Prayer. We're running out of time here. But the Lord's Prayer is this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What's the next part? And lead us not into temptation. But what? Deliver us from evil. Now now let's flip that over. How does he deliver us from evil? By leading us not into, but away from, and right out of temptation. That's good news. I said that's good news. Now here's something we need to remember. He doesn't drive us, He leads us. He will lead us if we will follow Him. Now, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14. 
Romans, the eighth chapter, the 14th verse. For as many as are led by their flesh, as many as are led by the Spirit of the world, no. In the context, if you look at Romans chapter 8 before verse 14, the context is not living a flesh-dominated life. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. How is it that you and I, how is it that we're not going to live a fleshly life? Well, look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. What this means is we will walk and follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And when we do, He will have us missing the enemy's setups all the time. Here's what Paul prayed. And this is what I pray every day. Lord, I present my body as a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto you which is my reasonable service let's do that right now heavenly father we present our our bodies unto you holy acceptable living sacrifices help us holy spirit to walk in the Spirit and overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit not by our own power not by our own strength but we rely upon the empowerment and the enablement of the Spirit of God help us Lord to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. This is something that you have the ability to do. And the temptation may not be sexual, which people's minds gravitate toward that. The temptation might be to give up. The temptation might be just to, to quit going to church. Quit praying. I ain't seen nothing happen in three years. The temptation might just be that, well, you know what? They're talking about me. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You better save the piece you got left. Amen. <laughs> the temptation may be to, to take your money that you're supposed to be sowing and spend it on yourself. Somebody says, do Christians do that? All the time. <laughs> All the time. But you got to put the Holy Spirit to work for you. You got to put the Holy Spirit. Be God inside minded. Be Holy Spirit inside minded. Be temple of God by the Spirit of God minded. The last scripture we'll share with you is Romans 8.13. You've been seated long enough. Please stand if you would. Romans the 8th chapter and the 13th verse. Glory to God. I think we covered some good ground today. 
Now notice verse 13. Read it with me. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, anybody interested in living? Living long and living strong. Living life abundant. Living the God kind and the God quality of life. This comes by keeping the flesh under. Keeping this tongue in control. And by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, He enables us to live the resurrected life.